Hey everyone, and welcome back to Better Advertising with Better AMS. I'm your host, Justin Knuckles. For our new listeners to the podcast, we're here to share stories and advice to grow online brands, and we do that by bringing you insights from the bright minds behind them, brand founders, and advertisers. Today is a timely interview for MLB baseball fans. I've got Sean from Rhino Sports and his Better AMS account specialist, Adam Malott, with me. We're unpacking their first year as a brand and working with Better AMS and all the learnings they've gained testing strategies together. Sean also shares his experience going into omni-channel landscapes like TikTok Shop and Walmart. Happy to have you guys here today. Welcome in, Sean and Adam. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Adam, you, again, you're a returning guest of the, the podcast, um, spend a lot of time with you here at Better AMS. So for those that don't follow you on LinkedIn, let's uh, start there. A little bit of background on yourself before we throw it over to Sean. Yeah. So uh, my name is Adam Malott. I am uh, the head of delivery and a senior ad strategist here at Better AMS. I help curate custom ad solution for some of our largest managed brands, as well as our newer brands that, that come through. Uh, I work here directly with Sean uh, for the last couple months here uh, through the MLB season on uh, merch release. And uh, it's been a really enjoyable experience on my end. And for those that aren't familiar with your your personal side of life, MLB is a huge passion of yours, former player, uh, not MLB, but former player. It was a huge part of your life. So it fits right in with Sean's products and brand, which leads me over to you, Sean. Welcome in. Uh, Rhino Sports. Let's start with your brand, what kind of products you're in, and also a little bit of background on yourself and your experience in this space. Sure. Uh, my name is Sean Rashaw. I'm the founder of Rhino Sports. I started Rhino Sports in, uh, a little over a year ago in mid-2022. Uh, and Rhino Sports is basically um, an online marketplace brand where we kind of do um, print-on-demand product for numerous different apparel styles, products, and we sell on different marketplaces like Amazon, Etsy, TikTok Shop, Walmart. And um, we're really, you know, I'm really excited about how we get this thing rolling and the sports side of the business because before starting this business, I worked for a company called Hybrid Apparel where I oversaw like a $35 million print-on-demand business. And we had a lot of licenses like Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, Peanuts, Warner Brothers, where we did a lot of that, those licensed goods on on Amazon and Walmart and different marketplaces like that. And we saw a huge opportunity for that. So when I left that side of the business and opened up my own company, I said, let's do this on the sports side because I had about 25 years working in the sports industry. I worked for three different Major League Baseball teams. I've also worked for uh, New Era and Fanatics, you know, big uh, sports licensee brands in the business. So my passion is all about sports. Love it, live it and die with it every day. But um, I'm really, you know, excited about starting this company and how we can really kind of ramp up the, you know, marketplace business for the sports industry with apparel and products with my license with Major League Baseball. That's awesome. I have to ask, do you have a favorite team or given your connections, are you not allowed to pick a favorite well, I grew up a Chicago Cubs fan because I grew up in the Chicago area before moving to Arizona. But um, so they're, they're always kind of, I always root for the Cubs and it was great when they won the World Series back in 2016. But after working for a few teams, I worked for the Dodgers, worked for the Arizona Diamondbacks, worked for the San Diego Padres. So always follow those teams. And now that the, the Diamondbacks kind of beat the Dodgers in this postseason, kind of, uh, it was interesting to root for, you know, and watch that series because I was kind of working, I had a pass with both teams. Yeah, you had a horse in both races there, but um, 
hey, my, my Phoenix team won, Arizona Diamondbacks advancing, so uh, I'm happy about that. Um, coming back to you, Adam, you guys have been working together for some time now. Um, just high level, what has your guys' partnership looked like, collaboration efforts? Um, yeah, what has that been like so far? Yeah, yeah, of course. Great question. Um, I will start by saying, Sean, I think you growing up as a Cubs fan is our only conflict of interest. Uh, myself being from the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area, I am a born and bred Pirates fan, fortunately and unfortunately. So I've seen quite a few games uh, in the city between those two teams. As far as just general, you know, strategy to kind of get things kicked off, um, you know, we, we wanted to determine what demand looked like in this specific facet of the team fan shop. Um, you know, this is specific MLB player gear. So there is quite a bit of demand for player level gear on Amazon, right? But what we wanted to do is start, start moving up the funnel a bit, start targeting team level gear, um, you know, more, more of an overarching strategy there just to start getting more eyes on the products in terms of awareness, right? Uh, I know, Sean, uh, you, you do a fantastic job of marketing the, the brand externally. Uh, and on Amazon, you know, it's, it's certainly easy to find. So we wanted to start working up the funnel, uh, focusing on awareness plays prior to the playoffs, right, where, where we expected a, uh, an increase in traffic on platforms. So. Awesome. And you guys have been working together. I know Sean mentioned he's omni-channel uh, retail. Um, Amazon has been the main focus, um, recently working over to some new marketplaces. Um, but with that being said, Sean, I know you mentioned this has been a newer brand and launch for you guys. What has been the journey of getting into that licensing side on the, on the sports avenue, but also launching an MLB product line? Yeah. So I think at first, you know, I don't have a major league baseball license. I have a major league baseball players license. So the difference in that is that my license agreement that I have is with major league baseball players association. They have a business, um, part of the business called MLB players Inc. So what I have the license to is I can market and kind of produce product and apparel for, uh, using a player's name, image, likeness, their autograph, their number. I just can't put the team name on there because I don't have the rights to use an MLB team name or logo. So for example, we'll sell a product for Aaron Judge with the New York Yankees. Our product will have Aaron Judge on it, his name, his his image, his number. It's just, it can say New York baseball. It just can't say Yankees or use the Yankees logo. So um, working with Adam, we kind of had to know how we kind of maneuver in and out of that because all the product is we can't, you know, really market Yankees or market New York Yankees or use the Yankees logo, but we're marketing Aaron judge. We're marketing, you know, his, his popularity in the, in the sport. And that's really the, the initial big, you know, first uh, opportunity we had to kind of work together is how do we kind of do this? Cause I know Adam and better AMS, we, we work with other kind of um, brands that have those, team rights. And that's kind of the background of how we kind of started working together. He had the experience in the business, but how do we kind of take the specific product that I have that's only player related and how do we market better? So um, that was the first step. So, you know, really, really it's finding out which players are the most popular and which have demand. So at first we started designing a lot of product for a lot of players. So we have a, we have a name and number T jersey where we I think we have about 80 to 85 players available in our in our collection. So put it all out there and then we after two or three months we can see kind of which players are selling the most. So after that, 
we started kind of fine tuning our design collection. So we're not designing for 80 players all the time. We're designing, we're kind of fine tuning it for the top 15, top 20 players that really move the needle for us. So knowing that we're kind of moving forward throughout the season. And then one of the, one of the peaks and valleys of the, of the year when, you know, during the baseball season, that's really from April to September during the regular season, you got people buying baseball product, but then when football kind of starts in, you know, August, September, and baseball's kind of winning down, then you have the MLB playoffs start to catch up. You know, we've seen kind of, I would say challenges, but just kind of knowing this is our maiden voyage this year of kind of working on all this. So knowing when we can have the opportunity to sell to more people, how do we fine tune our, our marketing? How do we fine tune our, our ad buys and things like that? Really, we're kind of going this year, not so much blind, but we kind of know have an experience in this business or in the sports side of the business. But I think um, next year we're going to be running on all cylinders because we know we've kind of gotten through 2023 and going into 2024, we're going to be much more experienced, not only knowing all the knowledge we have on Amazon, but as we add on more marketplaces and be multi more multi-channel, we're going to be really to kind of roll next year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Adam, over to you. How have those challenges changed any advertising strategies given um, if it's changed advertising strategy at all that, you know, you can't market with the Yankees team name or the baseball team name, but rather you have to lead with the player. Has that changed anything with your strategies? Yeah, great question. So, you know, I think it certainly matters in terms of customer intent, right? The intent of a customer searching for an Aaron Judge jersey would be different of those searching for a New York Yankees shirt or, or what have you, right? There is a different intent between team level search versus player level search. And that was sort of the, the connection we needed to make here. Um, we found very quickly that there was sufficient demand for player level gear, especially top player level gear, such as Aaron Judge, right? Uh, Shohei Otani would be another example. Mookie Betts would be another example. Um, you know, high perform players who are on 100 win plus teams with the exception of Aaron Judge, of course. Um, and I think it, you know, it certainly matters to, to understand baseball, uh, not only from a fan perspective, but, as, but from a customer perspective, right? I've played my entire life. Uh, I was fortunate enough to pitch in college for uh, four years. And throughout my life, I have purchased a lot of MLB gear, uh, player level gear, player jerseys, team uh, fan apparel, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so taking that and just understanding the, the difference between player level products and team level products really helped us to curate a low risk advertising strategy out of the gate. Um, from there, you know, the name of the game was climbing a bit up the funnel and uh, ultimately determining how we can get eyes on Rhino Sports as a brand, but also Rhino Sports products at the team level. So, you know, as an example, when advertising for an Aaron Judge jersey shirt, we've tested going after Yankees apparel as far as keywords are concerned, because as Sean said, uh, there is no there is no connection on the specific item itself with the New York Yankees, right? It's player level. So we need to get a bit creative there uh, in terms of targeting, but we've seen some relative success with that strategy as well. It's almost thinking about working up the funnel. It's, it's a relevant term, right? Yankees gear is a relevant term to the type of product Sean's selling, but it's a little bit further up the funnel than someone searching Aaron judge Jersey shirt, like you're saying. Um, right. So going back to the omni channel point, I wanted to go back to that expansion. You guys are really moving fast on. Um, how have you um, in the omni channel space um, 
excuse me, oh, in the omnichannel space, how are you aligning your advertising strategies um, to complement what you're doing on Amazon to what you're doing on TikTok? How are you making it a cohesive experience for customers? This is to you, Sean. So I think, you know, really the, the first six months of working together, we've exclusively worked on Amazon only. So now that we've kind of built the business up a little bit, started from scratch, been through an MLB season, now we're kind of expanding to Walmart and Etsy and then uh, down the road, TikTok shop. So our next big one working together is Walmart. Um, we're going to take those learnings that we found on Amazon and kind of how we got to this point after six months of working on Amazon and then transfer that over to Walmart. Now, we know it's not going to be perfect, but that's going to, at least we have some great data and a kind of, you know, a data sense to kind of bring over to Walmart. We'll have to fine tune it, but that's a good, uh, a good uh, place to start rather than starting from scratch and not knowing what we're doing, you know? So I think we're in a good spot, especially heading into the Q4 timeframe and on the holiday uh, busy time that we want to kind of know and take our best data that we've learned for the past six months and kind of bring it over there, fine tune it. And like I said, I'm really excited about starting 2024, rolling into the new baseball season because we're going to be firing on all cylinders. We kind of have a year under our belt. We kind of know what to do, what not to do. We know when the peaks and valleys of the, the of the year are for sales for with customers. So uh, I'm really excited about that as we kind of move into Walmart, Etsy, and then furthermore, TikTok shop after, after this. Yeah. Yeah. You have a roadmap ahead. You know when to hit the gas pedal, when to hit the brake this time around. And your keyword research is more or less done uh, and figured out at this point. You know your best targets and your worst targets. So um, yeah, you guys are both set up for success. Um, Adam, how has it been for you? I know just getting into Walmart recently, but um, how has it been for you, um, you know, being hands-on, taking that data and those learnings over to you? new marketplaces and new channels. Yeah. I, you know, it's been a really enjoyable experience on my end because as Sean said, you know, we're not necessarily running in blind, but this is, this is our first venture through, through one complete MLB season. So there's a lot of learnings that we're taking away from on Amazon. Um, something that I do want to compliment here is just Rhino sports marketing, uh, external marketing off Amazon platform in general. I think that's certainly helping, uh, you know, us get eyes on the products. It's helping branded search continue to increase month over month. Uh, whereas I think next year, you know, when we step into the beginning of the season, the amount of in-market shoppers who know of Rhino Sports in 2024 is going to be tenfold what it was in 2023 because it was a relatively new venture. So knowing that across an omni-channel experience, I think next year we can be a bit more aggressive with uh, you know, our initial strategy, because we can take those findings directly from Amazon that we're a bit lower risk, a bit more high level in terms of targeting specific player gear, um, you know, Aaron Judge t-shirt, for example, very low risk. Um, but we've also found on Amazon that other strategies of work, such as the the team targeting that we've talked about. So just taking those data points, um, starting things gradually, you know, off, off of Amazon, across other channels, um, and, you know, ultimately timing things with the start of the MLB season, I think is going to be really key for us. Last year, or at the beginning of 2023, rather, uh, we weren't exactly sure how the trend was going to look leading into the end of the season, right? There's a lot of factors to consider. Uh, there's a lot of excitement at the beginning of the season. Baseball fans are excited. Uh, search volume spikes um, for, for, you know, a good portion of, of the beginning of the season. And as soon as football hits your casual fan, we've seen has started to pivot to NFL merchandise. And that was one finding that we've learned uh, Sean and I did here this year. So 
you know, that's something that we're going to be able to take to Walmart, Shopify, TikTok, Shop, et cetera, uh, and adjust for here in 2024, knowing the historic trends that have happened in 2023. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, launching new products, if that's a big focus for you guys with, you know, new players coming into the league, players changing teams, um, it makes you launching or relaunching all these strategies so easy, knowing what your best um, opportunities are. So how much of a focus is that for you, Sean, with new players coming into the league or changing teams? Are you guys rotating uh, merchandise? Yeah, I think, you know, one thing we found out, and again, with my strategy being print on demand, we can, we can see something happen in a game and put a design together, get it approved and upload it onto a marketplace and be ready to sell in 24 hours. We can move that fast. So for example, this past year, there's two examples that kind of come to mind is, you know, Anthony Volpe was the new starting shortstop, rookie starting shortstop for the New York Yankees. So he had a decent year as a rookie, but when you're the starting short, shortstop for the Yankees and the Yankees are just have fans everywhere, you know, really that other licensees of Major League Baseball or MLB Players, Inc., they didn't have enough time to get that product out. So we got designs up ASAP with a jersey t-shirt and some other designs in our collections that we offer. And we saw immediate impact of selling Anthony Volpe t-shirts on Amazon. Another example was Ellie Dele Cruz with the Cincinnati Reds. Another rookie that just came on and just had a huge opportunity and, and started playing really well and just, you know, doing very well in Major League Baseball and get, started having this kind of viral moment on social media and, and highlights. And I remember in early June, he hit for the cycle and had a great game. We just uploaded products on Amazon for him. We saw huge spikes with sales. So, for example, just having knowing that we can kind of focus on coming up and have rookie players and having merchandise and products available for them. When you can't go to a team store, you can't go to Dick Sporting Goods and buy that because you need the other licensees kind of make product overseas. It has to take time to ship over. We can immediately strike and kind of make stuff available right away. And we saw the immediate impact. So um, those are some exciting things that what our strategy kind of is involved in. We can kind of really make a huge impact and kind of capture the moment right away to kind of get immediate sales and, and, and provide product out there for the fans to get ASAP. Another great strategy I think we have is seasonality. Um, the company I worked for previously before founding this business was um, an apparel business called Hybrid Apparel. And we had over 100 different licenses, mainly in, in, in the entertainment space, including like Disney, Peanuts, Marvel, Star Wars. And we saw huge sales through seasonality, meaning that for Valentine's Day, you can buy a Mickey Mouse tee. You can also buy a Mickey Mouse tee for St. Patrick's Day, Easter, Fourth uh, of July with Americana, Halloween, and Christmas. Um, knowing how well that did on the entertainment side, we want to bring that to the sports side. It's not done very well on the sports side, but we know that people are just as passionate for their favorite team in baseball as they are for Disney or for Marvel, Star Wars, or Peanuts. So it's almost like, you know, we do have collections for Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day and, and Halloween and Christmas right now. But I think what our challenge is working together with better, me and Adam and, and the team at Better AMS is how do we find that customer online and how do we get the right keywords to kind of get them to buy that? I don't think anyone's searching for an Aaron Judge Halloween t-shirt because they just don't know how to do that yet. But that person buying a Mickey Mouse Halloween t-shirt, they know what to look for. They're looking for that specific Mickey Mouse t-shirt to wear for, for, to, a hollow, to a Halloween party, to wear trick-or-treating. So how do we make that available and how do we kind of capture that customer that, that wants that product or would buy it if they saw it? 
I think that's something we can work on moving forward because it's a huge, huge, huge opportunity to kind of put that out there and it's white space opportunities to kind of capture on. Yeah, that that risk to or that appetite to to test things out and that speed to market is such a competitive advantage for you guys. I imagine twenty four hour turnaround to having you know a big event one night in a game to having a piece of merch ready to go to capitalize on it is insane. I've never heard of anything like that. Um, Adam, how has it been on the seasonality side of things with um, you know testing out these new opportunities like you know Halloween Mike Judge uh, or excuse me Aaron Judge uh, T shirt? How is it? How are those strategies looking? Yeah, so it's it's been interesting. Um, you know, as Sean said, there's not a ton of demand or, or even really knowledge that these products exist, right? Um, your casual baseball fan has no clue that there are Aaron Judge ugly sweater, uh, you know, crewnecks or, or what have you, or, or Valentine's Day edition t-shirts or uh, St. Patrick's Day uh, theme t-shirts or what have you. So uh, our initial challenge there is to get eyes on these products, right? And the question is how, uh, in relation to search volume, you know, if we, if we go further down the funnel and we target lower risk terms, such as Aaron judge Halloween t-shirt, um, we may not get sufficient traffic on that listing because there's just not a lot of search volume, uh, in the way of seasonal player queries on Amazon. Uh, what we started to discover here is a, an opportunity in terms of cross promotion, right? Going after, Consumers who have viewed Rhino Sports or purchased from Rhino Sports in the past under a specific player and remarketing to them and showing them something that's in season, right? So if somebody purchased an Aaron Judge t-shirt during March of 2020 or April of 2023, right when the MLB season kicked off, we may want to show them a Halloween-themed Aaron Judge t-shirt, you know, assuming they purchased the product, like the product, um, you know, they may be more apt to purchase knowing Rhino Sports provides good quality, um, fantastic graphic, tons of different options across across seasonal items, uh, across you know custom editions, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I think drawing a fine line between those two strategies has been a challenge, but it's certainly been fun and we're certainly learning a lot. That sounds like a really great plug for DSP being able to remarket to like past 365 day purchasers, but uh, that could be a separate DSP conversation. Um, but yeah, I fall into that same group of audiences who, you know, I'm not aware that I want or need something or that something exists, you know, as a, as a Phoenix Suns fan, I would never have thought to go look for Devin Booker Halloween gear, but I'm sure going to after this call now. Um, (laughs) so it's just being educated on something that you didn't know possibly existed. So how are you guys, I mean, towards the awareness stage of the funnel, how are you guys both? working to tap into that, um, either on Amazon, across retailers, getting into TikTok? How are you making that awareness play to your audiences? Yeah, I think from, you know, I just started this company. So marketing dollars, you know, we've been kind of really strategic in how we spend it. So obviously bringing on better AMS to help us that building up Amazon at first and spending all our money on Amazon ads is our first initial thing. But now how do we, how do we keep on doing more marketing as we move to more marketplaces. But I'm really excited about TikTok, you know, with the new TikTok shop kind of coming out there and being new, you know, if you developed content and if it goes viral, it can be a monster for you. You know, it can be awesome. 
So it's like getting the right product, getting the right, you know, whether we're developing the content or develop, working with other TikTok shop approved content distributors that you can kind of send product to and they make their own videos and, and help you go viral. Um, I'm looking at, I'm looking forward to kind of dipping into that and see how that's going to help us. That's going to bring more. There's a billion people on TikTok right now around the globe. So if you hit it, if you hit something well, I mean, it could be a, a huge opportunity. So I'm excited about that. But then, you know, how do we do more on social media and how do we do more there? How do we have the MLB Players Inc. Uh, group? How do we tap into help, you know, having them reshare our social media posts that we do? You know, like we said, we, a big topic of this conversation for this podcast was this is our first season, a lot of learnings. But as we move into 2024, we know we're going to have more firepower to kind of help get more eyes and ears on Rhino Sports product with Major League Baseball Players Association to get us out there and know the different levers to pull marketing wise to kind of get us more attention. I'm excited to hear about your TikTok learnings once you uh, get firing on that. I know everybody who's run ads over there has had nothing but good things to say about it. You know, super user-friendly, great results. Um, so we'll have to circle back and hear how your experience has been there. Um, We're excited about it. Heck yeah. Um, Adam, what what of the learnings this year are you taking into next year um, that we haven't already hit on? Um, how is this going to play into your next year's planning um, strategizing as you come into spring training and start a season next spring? Great question. I think your, your last uh, fact of that sentence really hit the nail on the head as far as lead-in strategy is concerned. We found pretty quickly at the beginning of the season that there is, there's an immense buildup for baseball, right? There's a slow period, a very, very slow period in, in American sports between the Super Bowl and baseball where you have basketball going on. You have March Madness. Um, but that's pretty much it, um, I guess, with the exception of late season hockey as well, uh, which isn't a huge market. So, you know, there's a lot of excitement. The weather starts turning. Uh, families get to get outside and, and get back on the diamond, start playing catch in the sun, uh, starting to watch baseball games, go to spring training events, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I think there's a lot of opportunity there for us to generate a bit of buzz around the brand leading into the season next year. Um, so the timing, you know, taking the, the data month over month and what we've learned this year from the beginning of the season until playoffs, uh, we're going to be able to, you know, really ramp that up next year and start a bit earlier and a bit more aggressive, right? Um, we, we were at a bit of a constrained timeline this year uh, because the season was quickly approaching. We wanted to make sure we had sufficient coverage across our top players or at least top projected players at the time pretty immediately, um, Aaron Judge, Shohei Otani, Mookie Betts, uh, Roland Acuna for the Braves, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, next year, we know which players sell well. We know which players are going to have MLB projections or, or predictions or what have you, uh, MVP, excuse me. Um, so we're just taking those learnings as far as the timing is concerned and implementing those as a lead-in strategy next year is going to be huge. And I also think you know, as far as general brand awareness and brand advocacy, these are very, very unique products. So if, if fans start seeing these, you know, uh, in their local areas around the, uh, the ballpark or what have you, I know for me, if I see an Andrew McCutcheon Christmas uh, ugly sweater crew neck in Pittsburgh, I'm going to be very curious as to know where that fan got that. Uh, and I think that's going to be a huge opportunity for us here next year as well. Just brand advocacy across those who have purchased the products 
highly unique, really like them. There's not anything else like them on market at this point. Uh, so big opportunity there as well. Yeah. Using those same customers too, as repeat purchasers, right? People want new gear next season. So tapping into them again, showing them your new designs, um, I think could be really big. Curious to you, Sean, aside from TikTok, what else are you guys doing on social media to, to build that brand awareness? Is it a lot of Instagram, Facebook, YouTube? Um, what specifically on the social media side are you guys doing? Yeah, it's a lot of Instagram, Facebook. Um, also, what we're doing too is we do collaboration projects. So this past year, we did a collab project with an artist called Sket One. He's a renowned sports graffiti artist. So you take an, uh, an artist who brings a different view and a different kind of interpretation when he does a design. We have a great collection of, I think, 20 or 30 players that he did designs for. So not only will we share that on our on our channels, on our you know social media platforms, but also you have a, a, an artist then who has his own following that's going to share on his Twitter account, Instagram account, Facebook account, YouTube channel, TikTok, and you're getting fans of him that are going to do that. So we're going to do more collaborations with other artists next year um, as well to kind of just dip into that you know, kind of fashion, art crowd as well to kind of bring some new, interp- new interpretations to our merchandise that we're selling. But also the number one goal is to have who you're partnering with, make sure they have a great social media following too, that we can kind of dip into and double dip a little bit. Absolutely. That, that synchronicity across the audience, making sure you're getting in front of the right eyeballs is huge. Um, awesome. Well, looking ahead, um, in whether it's in the licensing side with MLB Players Association type merch um, or just the marketplaces you're going into, um, Sean, what kind of trends do you expect to foresee over the next year? Um, challenges, uh, advantages in your favor? What do you expect to see over the next year in your space? Well, um, I'd like to add some more licenses. I have some ideas. I don't want to share them on this podcast to kind of sure. keep out the competition, but I got a few ideas of maybe where we can go and, and who we can kind of bring on board with a new, some licenses to sell. Um, we also sell globally. We haven't mentioned that yet, but we also sell in Japan, uh, in, in the UK, Germany. And I think as sports are now more global from the US, so you have NFL teams playing in the UK in Germany, this this NFL season, you have Major League Baseball played a, a series between the Cubs and Cardinals in London last year. I think they're going to France not next season, but the year after. So, the American sports are glowing are growing globally. And then also we have rights in Japan, where we have a, a handful of Japanese players playing in Major League Baseball, including Shohei Otani, that are very popular there. So, you know, we want to grow those businesses there too. So we've been you know having some somewhat success in Japan, but I think we can do more. Um, I think we'll need a little bit more help um, in getting more awareness for the game and for the players in Europe. But I'm excited about, you know, if Shohei Otani goes to a new team um, in Major League Baseball this this offseason. Was that an if? How much more product, <laughs> how much more product we can sell uh, in Japan just in the offseason heading into the 2024 season. That's a huge strategy for us and how we kind of complement that and kind of as more players from Japan come and play Major League Baseball, you know, we've seen kind of players other than Shelly Otani do well with our merchandise and sales as well. So, um, but again, I'm, I'm excited about bringing on more licenses, um, reaching out globally. And as we grow the marketplaces, you know, we're just getting started right now. So I'm, you know, I'm really excited about our growth opportunity, growing with better AMS. How do we grow together? How do we, we complement each other very, very well. We work well together and just excited for the future. I'm glad to hear that on Adam. Um, and I, I don't know. You're, you're pretty confident about him sticking with the angels there, but uh, we'll, we'll see what next year looks like. 
Um, well, are you guys planning? If he doesn't stay, but I definitely think he'll be making a choice to go somewhere else. So we'll be ready if he switches teams to from the Angels to another team. We just got to take those designs we already have, recolor them a little bit with our with the new team he goes to, and we're already, like I said, we can be up and ready in twenty four hours to kind of capture that momentum. I think that's I think that's a really cool point that you just made, Sean, and that you know baseball is very different from the other American sports in that you know f- football, for instance we generally have an idea of of what teams are going to perform really well the next year, right? We knew this year, the chiefs coming in, were going to be a powerhouse. The Eagles coming in, were going to be a powerhouse and you have your, you know, your handful of uh, surprise teams, right? Every year. Uh, But baseball seems completely random almost, you know, you have players that emerge really out of nowhere, uh, whether it be rookies or, or players on new teams. Nick Castellanos is a perfect example on the Phillies, um, you know, where he's really seen, his fan base grow as a player over the last few years, there's immense opportunity on platform um, through Rhino sports to, to capture that market, right? Any new rookies that come in such as Ellie De La Cruz um, who, who perform like a phenom almost immediately, we see search volume and player demand spike, as Sean said previously, pretty quickly. Um, So just being able to jump on those opportunities at the drop of a hat and pivot quickly is a challenge but it's also a massive opportunity uh, for the business itself. Oh yeah. Um, are you planning to stick within the MLB um, players association or do you have, um, are planning to open up licenses to any other sports or leagues? Um, it's a little bit, you know, with some, with some leagues and their licensing rights and how they've kind of other, you know, other licensees kind of have exclusivity in areas. It's kind of, you have to weave your way in and out and kind of see where there's opportunity. So, you know, first of all, if I'm a licensor looking to bring on another licensee, like who are we bringing on? You know, I was able to get the MLB players license because my 25 years in the sports, I'd have, you know, relationships with people that work there that they who knew I am, I kind of explained my ideas, my strategy to kind of bring it on board. So I was able to get that license ASAP and kind of build upon that. So it's kind of proving yourself as a brand, as a company first and kind of having some success and having some wins that we're going to go out next year. And as we look at other licenses to bring on, whether it's within, you know, the major pro leagues, you know, and maybe there's, you know, opportunities there obviously marketplace marketplaces are growing people are shopping more online they're not going in brick and mortar uh, stores as, as they were in the past so that's why you know etsy's popping up that's why tiktok developed their own shop and, and it's working on tiktok so but there's also kind of niche niches where you kind of have whether the the usfl and xfl merge you know, and become one unit together there might be rights there there might be rights with other kind of sports related you know, brands or, or I would say personalities that we might be able to go after. You know, I think working with Adam and better AMS, I'll have an idea. I'll say, Hey, Adam, let me know what the search volume is for this term or for this person, for this, for this league. I'm not going out there blindly and going, getting new business and then come back to Adam and say, Hey, I just got this new licensing deal. And he's like, well, there's no search volume for it. So we're working in tandem as we try to grow this opportunity because if Rhino Sports grows, better AMS is going to grow. We all kind of work together. So um, as we kind of bring on new opportunities, we're working hand in hand to kind of make sure we're all online. And, you know, I have questions and Adam's going to have questions for me. The team at better AMS is going to have questions. And how do we work together? Because we really want to strike and kind of make sure this works. And we don't want to waste our time and, and you know, take a risk on something that's not going to work. You know, we'll take our, our risk, but we're also going to make a strategic decision moving forward that it's all 
it's a good bet that it's going to work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, you guys sound really well positioned within the social media space for the type of merch that this is um, coming in from an outside perspective. Like, again, I'm, I'm more of a NBA sports fan myself. So that's a lot of the ways I find merch is, you know, through social media and being shown a really cool piece that didn't know existed. And that's how I get hooked. Um, and then I'm going back to that same brand because I love the product uh, the next year for the next piece of merch. So um, I love the game plan. I'll have to check in with you guys a little bit later on to see how it's been going once uh, next year rolls around. But um, last couple questions here for you, Sean. Um, if anyone was looking to go into the omni-channel space like you're going as aggressively as you are, what advice would you recommend to expand? That's a good question. You know, I would say find your niche of what you want to do and do your research before you do that. You know, you might have some great ideas like if I develop X, Y, and Z, you know, and, and build a business around it. But have you really researched what the opportunity is? Have you, do you know who your competitors are? Do you know how competitive it is? Have you, you know, kind of got some feedback from a guy like Adam at a company like Better MS to kind of say, oh, how much is going to cost a market? Because you might be going after some very high, uh, high price search terms that are very competitive. So it's really doing your research and kind of finding your niche. You know, our niche, what I have researched is there's not a lot of, there's a few, but there's not a lot of other brands or other licensees that kind of have really the specific MLB players, player rights. There's other people that have MLB rights that can sell a team logo t-shirt and things like that. But, you know, as players become bigger icons and have their own social media following and they become their own brands, right? I'm betting on that people are going to be more a fan of Aaron Judge and whether he's a Yankee, a Dodger or Red Sox or wherever he goes, you know, throughout his whole career, they're going to follow him. So if I have the rights to, to put Aaron Judge on a t-shirt, a coffee mug, a water bottle, whatever you might have, I'm going to develop that fan base because people want to buy an Aaron Judge item. And that's what I'm kind of banking on moving forward. So um, that's what my niche is, is player-related sports memorabilia that I can kind of you know put on a t-shirt or, or whatever. So, so that's my niche. And I think, you know, when you go out there and you sell on Walmart or you sell on Etsy or you sell on these items, you have some competition, but it's not flooded. It's not like you're kind of selling a vacuum cleaner and you have all these different competitors and people are trying to knock you off and going, you know, low price, low price, low price. We can kind of come with an offering and have a merchandise strategy where we can get a decent price, not total premium price, but a decent price for what we're offering. We don't have to go low to the bottom. It's all discount pricing. Right. And Adam, I want to throw the same question to you. What would you recommend to any brand that's trying to go omni-channel? What should they consider from the advertising perspective? Yeah, great. Another great question. Um, you know, I think just from an over overarching perspective, it's really, really imperative that you understand your competitive landscape within the niche that you're entering. Um, for... Sean and I's partnership, you know, it's, it was very evident from the first few conversations that we've, that we had, that Sean had a fantastic understanding of the market, of the player, of the customer demand for MLBPA gear. Uh, and he understood his products in the, in the competitive landscape thoroughly. So, you know, I often describe advertising as a reflection of, of a lot of different things. Um, your overall marketing, your listing, your product quality, your price points, your competitive landscape, et cetera. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to take any product that, you know, there isn't sufficient demand for, or maybe isn't high quality or whatever, and make the advertising numbers look pretty. Um, in this instance, we had a, a fantastic understanding of, of strategy moving into the beginning of the season. 
Uh, we had a fantastic understanding of competitor landscape moving into the beginning of the season. And we knew what was low risk versus what wasn't low risk to start. So um, long-winded answer, but I think just having a general deep understanding of the niche that you're entering is is the most important aspect. I think that was a huge takeaway I had about your guys' relationship is the collaboration pre-product launch saying, is there opportunity here? And a lot of brands, you know, build themselves up and say, there's an opportunity there and go in and see, you know, Walmart doesn't look like Amazon or whatever new opportunity they're excited about isn't the opportunity they were sold on. So I'm glad to hear that about you guys, that you guys have that type of collaboration and relationship, but um, we'll have to link up again next year. I'd love to touch base after the spring training season and see how things have been going for you guys. But um, thank you both for being here on a Friday. appreciate it. Um, we'll talk later, guys. Thank you. Look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.